around. I don't want to play around with you hoes. <laughs> so no needs. Too. Ooh, you my sweetheart. I've always liked my women book and street smart. Long as they got a little class like half days. And the confidence to overlook my past ways. Time heals all. And heals hurt to walk in. But they go with the clutch that you carry your lip gloss in. And look, I really think nobody does it better. I love the way that you put it together. Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Nail done, hair done, everything did. What up, what up? DJ World Premiere, the boy Wonder. Peace, Jose. Peace, boy Wonder, what it is. Oh man. <laughs> I love it. It's been it's been a fucking it's good to be back, bro. It's good to be back. I know we was back last week and we blessed the streets, but it's good to be back on a consistent schedule. Consecutive. Facts. Because <laughs> I talk a lot of shit about these other pods and about, I talk a lot of shit about my TV programming. If I fucking stay up till three o'clock in the morning so I can watch Wu-Tang mm. and that shit don't come on till 345. Oh, I'm sending a strongly worded email to Hulu. <laughs> hey, Hulu, y'all fucking up my sleep pattern, dog. You know I got to work. And, and Hulu is just like, yo, fam, you can come back and watch the episode all day after 345. Like, what's the issue? I know it downloaded at 345. I'll be up sometime bugging at what to watch or what to do with myself. <laughs> I love that Wu-Tang shit. That would look. 
<laughs> we gonna get into it when we start talking about what you're watching. But yeah, yeah, I think it's best. I think it's best. Best show out. <sighs> but we back. We back. Back back. Uh, I'm back on this shit. I got my wheels in here. I'm out here mixing. I'm out here blending. I'm out here playing around and having fun. I haven't found peace. I haven't found peace in my home until I got my wheels back like this. Okay, because okay. This is this is my this is my craft, right? So as a child, as a youth, your parents, what they do, they took you to church. They they gave you chores. They provided you some type of structure. Yes. As an adult, you probably run away from the same structure that you was raised on because it didn't sit well with you. It didn't. It didn't resonate with you. The importance of said structure. My parents military. Nigga, I can I can make a bed where you can flip a quarter off that hoe. <laughs> ask me in my adult life. Fuck that. The last 25 years, ask me how many times I've made my bed. <laughs> like six times, bro. <laughs> I make beds for a living and you couldn't flip a quarter off the beds I make, so... <laughs> I'm going to give you some schooling, dog. I'm going to give you some schooling, dog. I'm going to give you some schooling. It's got to be tight. You know, when you go to the hotel and they tuck that shit in so tight, your ankles is folded like a V, but like a hard V. Yeah, that's that's my shit. But like having my wheels back, being able to play around and listen to records all day whenever the fuck I want to, that's been my piece at home, uh, through some crazy fucking times and and I realized like while I'm mixing because mixing and blending records it's uh it's math to me a lot of people say like oh yeah I find the rhythm I don't have rhythm like as a black person I'm ashamed to say it but I don't have rhythm uh so this is all dance like you can't dance rhythm or what what's that oh no I think yeah I ain't ain't, no it's not it's not in the cards for me it's not in the cards for me. Like, I look, if I'm lit, I can find the beat. But, like, shit, I got to get lit to find the beat. You know what I'm saying? You can't catch me on a humble Wednesday at 3, three o'clock in the afternoon. And I can bust a dance move out. Like, nah. I ain't know a Morion Chris Brown. I just, I profile when I dance. And I do little stuff that I know I can Millie rock in and shit like that. I got three moves. They they solid moves, bro. They solid moves. But if we was in the club, I gotta close you by the third move because once you see I ain't got no more, it's over. But that's my thing. Like I don't have rhythm, so like I got I got I can catch the beat. I can do all that fun stuff when I make when I make these blends when I mix these records. But it's all math to me because the music is just a repetitious pattern. And I always had that. I always been able to catch that because I'm fucking, I don't know, I'm a fucking nerd. You fucking nerd. I'm a fucking nerd when it comes down to this shit. So that's why I've been playing more blends lately. I've been putting out more blend mixes lately. Uh, But when I'm making these tapes, I'm thinking like, 
damn, why didn't I have the patience for this in my youth? And then I started thinking like, damn, what did, what did fucking life teach me over all these years? Like, what has life taught me that like should have been taught to me like as a kid? And like one thing immediately that comes to mind, credit, credit and finance. Like that's just not taught. It's not taught in school. Taxes. Taxes ain't taught in school. Motherfuckers never tell you how taxes work. Hey, you make a lot of money. That shit is elective at our schools. You need a write-off. You need to you need to figure out some loopholes. That shit's never taught. Money, finances never taught. My mom, and I don't want to put a business out there, and I probably already already said this on another episode, but my mom filed bankruptcy when I was in like the seventh or eighth grade. So when I'm in that phase of my life, when I start working, all she said to me was, hey, yo, never get a credit card. <laughs> never get a credit card. <laughs> so at 21, when I step up to go get a car and niggas told me I was a ghost on credit, I was just like, uh-huh. am I? <laughs> Am I, am I Casper the Friendly Ghost? <laughs> you like me? <laughs> like, hey, ain't nothing good, ain't nothing bad. I'm neutral, my nigga. Like, come on, treat me neutral. And it was just like, nah, we don't know if you can pay some shit off on your own because we never seen you pay shit off ever. Never even seen you have... You're not even established. You're just a zero. You're just a. You're a risk. You a donor. You're yeah, a you're a risk. You're a high risk. You yeah. ain't, my nigga. You ain't even have rental center furniture. Yeah. Like what the fuck? You and don't I'm have like, a. De- you don't have a department store card or anything. <laughs> and I was looking at them proud as hell. Like yeah, you're not gonna find nothing in my name. I'm I'm straight cash, <laughs> homie. And they was just like yeah, that don't work. Like you gonna yeah. buy this car straight cash? You gonna buy this car with a loan? I did that shit too. Thinking I was gonna go in there with money, and it's just like, nah, you gotta establish some credit, son. Turn my dumb ass around. <laughs> so that's that's what I want to ask you. Like, what I'm gonna tell you what life has taught me. It's not metabolism. I mean, I'm a fat nigga, so I know I'm, I'm coming <laughs> to find out shortly, but shortly that metabolism is important. Like, I can fucking eat cheeseburgers. In 05, and it wasn't a big deal. I ate a cheeseburger today. Nigga, I look pregnant tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, until that cheeseburger, until I drop that McBrick, I, I look pregnant. So, yeah. yeah chill out chill on the cheese. McBricks. Fuck around and have your ass slushy job of the hut around this bitch. Hey, I done, yeah. down, I done downgraded my McDonald's order. It's no longer the double quarter pounder. I can't believe it's- you still eat that plastic. Nah, they use some real meat. For the quarter pounders and the big blacks. They use some real meat now, my nigga. They using that Monopoly meat. Eddie Murphy preached about <laughs> motherfuckers eating <laughs> whole Monopoly sets and shit. And that's what McDonald's is feeding you, motherfuckers. <laughs> Burgers lasting 30 days and shit. Never going bad. Looking bad. <laughs> my biggest, my biggest takeaway coming into adulthood. Everything matters, bro. And, and and the fucked up part about this is my dad told me this shit all the time. And, like, my dad wasn't, like, a regular dad. I don't know what a regular dad is, 
but I know my dad wasn't the regular dad. Like, he talked all the time, but he didn't talk on some general conversation shit. He dropped gems all the time. Yes. Like, every, he didn't say shit unless it was supposed to be a gem. So it wasn't no, like, hey, funny story. Today I was walking to the store and this happened. Nah, nah. My nigga was like, hey, so I was walking to the store and this happened. And let me tell you, back in 1968, the same thing happened. You know what I learned from this? I learned this, that, and the third. Like, everything was a lesson with my man. And as a kid, it was like, damn, this nigga be lecturing. Right? Yeah. But now as an adult, I'm like, everything matters, bro. The fucking, the fucking hand that I didn't shake back in 04 turned out to be a great guy that I actually need advice from today. And I go talk to him to try and get some advice about business. And he says to me, yo, I met you back in 04. I told you I was a big fan. You wouldn't even shake my hand in front of my girl. Now we're at odds. Mm. Now I can't get that advice. 17 years later, 17 years later, this young man is still holding a grudge against me. We haven't interacted since 04, but everything matters. That slight diss. Because I thought this nigga thought he was better than me, and he said to me he was a fan. That's that's how it be sometimes, though. We we get on our high horse. That's why you gotta you gotta remain humble, and you gotta you know that's why we go go through the problems that we go through. You you jump hurdles to to know that you're gonna be able to to jump steeples in the future, because it's something that's always preparing you. But. Everything matters, bro. Like every yes. everything matters. Today's dollar is tomorrow's too. Yes. The the slight yes. infraction you let slide without speaking on it, mm-hmm. that's a nigga taking an inch, getting away with a mile yeah. tomorrow because Give you showed us how to win. Cowboy Gus. Hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, I give motherfuckers some space now. They astronauts. You know what I mean? <laughs> they gonna take you there, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 in a, it's all in the matter of you if you let somebody get that first step on you. And I hate that we gotta live like that, like you always waiting for somebody to take that step on you. Like, like why can't we just flow and manifest and make things good? And and you know, if we work together, like everybody, like no matter who the fuck take the credit for it, they're gonna see who did what. So this is the perfect example. Uh the army, because my parents was in the army. The army said, yo, fam, your father got disability claim. We going to give you some money because you're still of age. And until you graduate, we're going to send you $700 a month. And we're going to give you back pay, which is like twelve k. So I got a check in the mail. As a senior in high school, I got a check in the mail for $12,000. I got a check every month for $700. And I was working. Instead of doing something 
important with that money. I lived off of it. And I'm going to say I lived off of it, but I'm still working, right? So this shit was my added expense. If I was out here shopping, hey, man, my check was 400 but I got fucking $800 worth of clothes in my in my shopping cart right now. Guess what? We got it because... You had hats. We had we got the motherfucker. Oh, I had a gang of hats and white yeah. t-shirts. Like, yes. white t-shirts ain't even expensive, money. Yeah. How many white t-shirts was I buying? <laughs> in absorbing an amount. <laughs> Throwaways. That's what we call them. Didn't have a car. Didn't have a car during all this time. And now... I go back and I check the timeline and I go check. I just check internet shit because once I go down a rabbit hole, I go down a rabbit hole. I could have invested stock in Amazon. Amazon had stock out for $14 a share. And this is back when Amazon was partners with Barnes and Noble. And all you could really get from Amazon was books. That was literally all you could get. You couldn't get no overnight shit either. It was like regular shipping, but it was books. But I was trying to go to college, so I ordered a gang of college books from Amazon, so I knew they were. I understood how important Amazon was to the system of life. If it was only for college students, I said to myself, yo, fam, these niggas got all the college books. (laughs) <laughs> this hey, yo, this is important. Yeah, Yahoo. Your Facebook was only for college kids at one point too, and that just they, exploded. Yahoo, Amazon, and there's another company that all went public in '05. Mm-hmm. I was getting these checks in '02. If I would have sat on that money, I could have invested in '05. Yeah. And been a, a gozillionaire right now. 50 Cent came out with an album huh. before I self-destruct. He said, yo, if you buy my album, I'm giving you Bitcoin. I'm also accepting Bitcoin as payment for my album. But if you buy my album, I'm giving you Bitcoin. That Bitcoin that he was offering for his album it was like 17 shares. Last year, September of last year, those shares of his Bitcoin would have equated to $3 million. Today. All I had to do, all I had to do was buy his album, which I did because I'm stupid, and register the motherfucker online and set the shit up so I could have those Bitcoins. But I didn't do it because why? I didn't think anything matters. Everything fucking matters. matters. Yeah. It's the butterfly effect, bro. Yeah. Right in front of your face. It's it's not to the, the aspect that you think where you're going, oh, man, it's a hurricane in the future. It's it's affecting you right then and there. It's affecting it, you right now. It's affecting yeah. your current future. And it's not like always the big shit. Like, yo, fam, if I would have did this, I'd be a trillionaire by now. It's not always like super big like that. Sometimes it's subtle. Mm-hmm. Hey, if I was nicer to my baby mom, I'd have an easier go at it today. 
if I wouldn't have did this at this job, they would have gave me a better reference and I would have been able to get a whole nother job. If I wouldn't have fucked up and fuck around and caught this charge because I had weed in the car, because I just couldn't wait to get home and smoke it, and, and I was trying to smoke it in the car, I could have a better job today. That's definitely uh, decisions that we make and trusting in yourself and or just ego once again. Everything, ego. Ma- everything matters, yes. bro. So what's, what, what, did, what did life teach you? Life taught me that every everybody can be somebody that's either good to you or bad to you. You know what I'm saying? Your mom could be good to you and your mom could be bad to you. Your father could be great to you and your father could be a terrible person. Your brothers. but and, or, or they could be, on the, on the flip side, they could be your best friends. And so many things, just because everybody has different personalities. But it's almost like there's so many, only so many personalities in the world. So you you always gonna run into something no matter what. There's like a con artist in this family. There's a thief, or you know what I'm saying. There's a pastor, or a rapper, or a football star, baseball star. There's always these type of people in your family, and there's always these different type of per- these same type of personalities on the go around. So you might you never know who you'll run into or where you'll run into them at. My, you know what I'm saying? You have an uncle that fix cars or you have an uncle that sell dope. You might have an uncle that, that know, you know, this, the scheming system where they say they, 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 they boosters. So. But I mean, you get what you need from those people, right? So definitely, definitely. isn't that the immediate lesson or the, the, the long-lasting lesson that you carry with you, because if I got an uncle that's a scammer, as soon as I figure out he's a scammer, which might be pretty quickly, <laughs> I, I know, hey, <laughs> don't, hey, when he hits you with the investment plan, he ain't the guy, right? Because <laughs> all, his, all his investments really turned into, hey, man, I tried, I tried to take your investment, tried to turn it into a quarter key, And the, sh- and the chef fucked it up. The <laughs> chef fucked it up. So now I got a quarter key. I can't work. Right? So, yeah. so, but I mean, you learned that pretty early, but I'm talking about like, like, maybe even old people tried to teach you this when you was young, but you just ain't, you just wasn't listening because, man, what you know, grandma? Oh, man. The times have changed, Grandma. What you know about my, this, Grandma? Times my grandmother told me to travel, man. And I, I'm somebody that I'm a, I, I like. Don't get me wrong. I like going to cities. I love New York. I love Charlotte, Atlanta. We're from Louisiana. I love New Orleans. But I, I, she told me to travel out of the country. She told me to leave the United States. She was like, travel the world. And I regret that I've never done that. You know what I'm saying? I've never been outside of the continental United States. Never? Never. Bro. I've had the nah. chance. I've had the chance, but I've never been off this continent, bro. Ever. Stop. You're making the pod feel real broke right now. I, I mean, the world is mine, but look at me. <laughs> subjected myself to this lowly country of the United States that hates my kind. My nigga <laughs> said the furthest he'd been was Texas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. On some real. 
Uh, yes, the furthest I have been is I, I've been all the way up. I haven't been to Maine and nothing like that. I've been to the border by Canada, but I've never been past Texas. I haven't even been to Cali. I've been all up and down the East Coast, though. Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. I've been to Tennessee, Philly, New York. Well, I'm going to get back to Cali. <laughs> but before we talk about California, so my question to you is, when we leave in the country. Oh, man. Look at this. I just got to, you know, I just started the business. I'm trying to get some things right. But definitely, it's got to be soon. It's got to be my birthday. I'm going to be 36 in June. So I, I do right. plan on taking some time to myself. For my so 36. It's, it's October. So your stretch goal in the next eight months at the, the deadline is your birthday. Or June 1st. Me, excuse me. Not the deadline is your birthday, but the deadline is 30 days after your birthday. For you to have obtained a passport uh-huh. and lead the country. It's a lot more to it than that, but yeah, definitely. No, no I, you know, you've got some you got some shit that you gotta clean up, then hey, we're gonna work on Oh no, no, no. Nah, nah. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, look, right the mayor. Right, right. The... <laughs> Big Commissioner Gordon on the phone. We got a citizen here. Yeah, we got. <laughs> but here's my shit because Mexico ain't Mexico nah, ain't an nah. expensive trip. I ain't, I ain't trying Canada's to not. I, I get that. You, that's not where you're trying to go. Uh huh. But if we're talking bare minimum, that's out of the country. Yeah, it's it's not. It's not out of this world, my nigga. I went, I went, <laughs> I went to Aruba. Well, actually, I'm going to Aruba in January for, for fourteen hundred bucks. Ooh, woo. you hear me? All inclusive. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's I'm obtainable. You just gotta know where yeah, to look. Yeah, yeah. I'm working because you know I be doing crazy shit like buying three hundred dollars sneakers. Excuse uh-huh, me. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And fucking. Go you may, you may fly domestically. You may fly domestically. Hey, <laughs> I go to Florida and shit like that, and I'm good. Hey, in the seven cities, I don't know a nigga flyer than you. <laughs> hey, but you, you cross some state borders. Hey, it's kind of questionable, bro. Yeah, but yeah. But that's what I'm saying. We none of us know our options until we see what it looked like. Yeah, I didn't know I could get to DR. At an all-inclusive resort for fourteen hundred bucks with one guest, I didn't know I could do that. I waste so for much seven days, money, bro. For I seven so days, much. bro. I'm not even talking about a three-day trip. Pardon me while I start. You hear me? <laughs> I waste so much bread, bro. <laughs> Eating me, out. Hey, hey, look, what's your DoorDash look like, my nigga? What's your DoorDash look like? We pull up the bank statement, DoorDash all over that motherfucker. Oh, hey, man. Taco Mr. Bell. Mr. Jim's, Chanello's Pizza's, Full Bell. Yeah, you was all yeah. over that hoe. Yeah. But look, put your, put your shit up. Put your bread up. And I'm not even going to ask you to do nothing crazy. If you get paid every week, put up $25. If that's, you get paid, if you get paid every other week, if you get paid every other week, put up $50. 
If you get paid bi-monthly, put up $60. If you get paid once a month, take $100 out. And that, for you folks that get paid once a month, you're in a tighter position than everybody else. But please believe me when I tell you, you have more disposable income than you would like to believe. I want everybody to do a 60-day challenge. And the 60-day challenge is where you go into your phone, you pull up your bank statement, anything where you have financial transactions. And I just want you to itemize your transactions. If it was food, put it in a tally and say food. You don't even have to be specific. Just say food. If it was groceries, put it in a tally say groceries. If it was a bill, say it was a bill. If it was some bullshit or a habit, say it was a habit. Because guess what? If you got a weed habit, a coke habit, a pill habit, a liquor habit, it's costing you. Yeah. Do 60 days. I promise you, if you do 60 days, you'll look at this shit and you'll be like, yo fam, I spent I spent $800 at the ABC store in the last 60 days. I need some friends. <laughs> because I shouldn't have to buy the bottle by myself every time. I need to go half on the bottle. I got some demons. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, look, look, look. I'm not trying to put nobody in the 28-day program. Because that's too. as soon as you get into that, that's when you lose people. I ain't saying you got to quit the shit you like. I'm just saying you got to tighten the belt. Ah. If you like weed and you spend $400 on weed every month, guess what? Spend $200 on it. Yeah. Go a couple days without it. Hey, you're going to be unbearable. You're going to hate yourself. Your friends going to hate you. Your family going to hate you. Your coworkers going to hate you. Go a couple days without it. For one month, you'll see you got $200 extra in your pocket. You're going to want to duplicate that. Now, your body's getting used to $200 a weed a month. After a month or two, you're going to be used to $200 worth of weed a month. Now, you're saving $200 a weed a month. Special occasion? Man, go on, go on, go on give me that loud, baby. Go on, give me that loud. I don't need that Reggie. Don't give me that loud, and and you spend a little bit extra. But once you're in the habit of spending a certain amount, you've budgeted for it. Everything else is savings. Yeah. But you got to save it, too. Uh, And we're going to talk more about savings. We're going to talk more about your budget plan, because this is a super responsible podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) Dizzle and Mr. McFly. (laughs) We're going to teach you to diversify your bonds, bitches. (laughs) Wu-Tang, nigga. (laughs) Shout out to the world, George. (laughs) Shout out to the world. One other thing I want to add. Because you talked about people in your life. I want you to know, especially people in our age bracket, I want y'all to know. Don't hold our elders to the standard that you're being held to. Today, 
if you if you a nigga that like to go out here and steal clothes so you can sell them and make a living, you you listed as a booster. If you're above my age bracket by 20 years, my uncle, my aunt, and you a booster, I can't call you a booster. This this is a way of life. Yeah. This is how you came up. It's the same logic that I use with racists. If I meet a 50-year-old race racist white man, I never blame him for being racist because that's how he was raised. I meet an 18-year-old white man, hey, my nigga, you got a whole lot because you've had way more information than anybody else. Everybody. Because because you grew up in the internet era. Yeah. So you're racist by choice. These 50, 60-year-old people that have bad habits, poor practices, mm-hmm. I don't hold that against them because it's not their fault. Right? Like right. it's not it's not your well, no, fault. I, I don't I don't I don't agree with that because everybody has the same uh access to this information. You know what I'm saying, and if you if you decide not to to try to to evolve and get the information, that's survival of the fittest. That's not true. Everybody doesn't have the same access to the information. My parents didn't know how to work the internet till I learned how to work the internet. Okay, but now we all <laughs> now we all have that same act, but we all still have access to can have access to the internet though. Today, yes, you're correct. But that saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, that's that's, yeah. that's a yeah. saying for a reason. That I'm trying to get my grandfather to... to get on this shit, but he don't, he refuses. Right. He like, literally refuses. Like, fuck and, that. And these other people, they're faking it. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to fake learn the internet, but I'm going to use it for what I need it for. I need to shop, so I'm going to learn Amazon. Yeah. But I still need the paper every day. So I'm gonna go pay three fifty for the paper. Yeah, they get that. Paper. Hey, my nigga, my nigga, you can subscribe to CNN <laughs> for the free, right? You can subscribe to USA Today for a portion of the price, and get the same thing you get from the paper, but it's not a physical form. But our elders don't understand that, and that's the that's the thing. That's how you can tell that they're not learning anything from the resources that we've provided to them and and look if i told you for 48 years that black people ain't shit oh i don't care i don't care what the internet say to you for 10 years black people hey hey 48 hey look i ain't good at math right i ain't good at but 48 better than 10 every day of the week right Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So that's that's how that's how I go. Some things you can't unlearn. I understand. Yeah, definitely. It's so, people that's been that's been pounded into you. And and even if you you would even feel uncomfortable because you see people that feel uncomfortable around black people or or people of color for that matter. You know what I'm saying? You you notice it when you in stores, when you you know, you in restaurants. You see how people treat you. You see how people react to your conversations. It's all around us. It's it's definitely in in the raising and the rearing of children, because it's and it's taught because kids don't kids don't really act like that until somebody tells them. 
But we talk about it all the time. We talk about nature versus nurture. At some point in life, nature is going to outweigh nurture. No matter, excuse me, nurture is going to outweigh nature. No matter what the fuck is around you, it's kids that grew up in the trailer park. That's racist. They don't understand that the trailer park ain't nothing but the white ghetto. (laughs) That's all it is. Like, look at the trailer park, fam. You ain't got no, hey, fam, your your house is hooked up to a truck. If you miss a rent payment, we're asking you to take this shit to another fucking park. (laughs) To a lot. You got to change your address if you miss a rent payment. You ain't got a, a real yard that's yours. <laughs> you feel me? That's like a that's a mobile home park. <laughs> they, got, mobile. Yeah. they got they got double wides and stuff that don't move, you know what I'm saying? They got they they got big trailers, as they call them. <laughs> but but at the same time, <laughs> it's people that live there in those uh-huh. places that still say we're doing better than fucking black people, black and brown people. Fam, you're not. Yeah, you might really not black. receive. You might not receive as much government assistance, but you qualify for it, right? So if your parents didn't take up that offer, right. that's how stubborn they are. That's proud. They, they don't want to be. They don't want to be compared to the blacks so bad. They struggled harder. You went to bed hungry because your dad didn't want to put his name in the same pot. As a black or brown person, bruh, if that ain't if that ain't a life lesson for you, I don't know what is. Hey, white people in in the trailer park, I want y'all to listen to this. Stop hating on the motherfuckers in the projects. Just because the projects ain't got wheels. Don't mean we in a different position. <laughs> Believe that. <laughs> all of us is like, well, I ain't gonna say that. They got. I, I've been through uh, all different types of neighborhoods, yo. Like seeing the gated communities, and from the gated all the way down to the jacks, man. It's like it, all of that is just. It's crazy how it's like. It's almost like a secret society in those gated communities. They got their own little golf courses and they press clubs and they get their vaccines there. It's it's everything. It's it's a whole it's it's like I said, it's just almost like a secret society. It's funny to see. And then even even down to the to people that's in the jets, like you can't come in the hood if you're not from the hood. But at the same time, it's it would be a if there's something going on that would be more welcome and feel if you go through the hood. You know what I'm saying? Or if there was some type of crisis, they don't always turn people away. I feel like those people will have more compassion than anything. But when you go into those gated communities and things like that, they will turn you away. Like, no, they fit. they treat you like a disease. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That that's mm. bars, nigga. I hate hate to be like something else, but smooth transition. This this week, 
we lost we lost the staple uh, in the community, staple yeah. in the government. Uh, we lost Colin Powell. Yes, man. And that's felt. It's felt right. Yeah. Like, I'm not like a fucking like. I think the first time I voted was like '04 or some shit. Oh, you voted for GW. You got them right up voted for GW, nigga. <laughs> I was 18. Yeah. I voted for GW. Uh, you thought I voted for Al Gore? Nah, I voted for GW. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bullshit. I, I definitely. <laughs> before we lose listeners, I did not vote. <laughs> the voters booth is a, is a secret place in the United States. It's the most sacred place. Nah, I didn't vote for GW, but I didn't know how serious voting was. Uh-huh. So I probably voted for like myself or fucking, you know, I voted this for Mickey guy. Mouse. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Some bullshit. Uh, but as a army brat, I always understood how important the branches of the government were. Uh-huh. I always understood how important the Secretary of Defense was. I always understood like that minuscule shit that the average civilian and I, and look at me calling regular people civilians mm-hmm. because I'm an army brat. I look I never served, bro. I'm a civilian too. But, <laughs> but I always understood how important he was. And even like him, Condoleezza Rice, like all these people that's been in the the same position or a similar position, especially yes. if they're a person of color. I always understood how important they are. <laughs> One thing that fucked me up is hearing people uh, turn turn fucking his death into mm. an anti-vax conversation. Yeah. <laughs> now, I ain't got no smoke with the anti-vaxxers. I promise you I don't. I don't have no smoke for the anti-vaxxers. <laughs> but I will say, because I'm a nigga that likes to argue, so I will say, you got to do your research. Before you jump on that, before you jump on that, that internet wave, and you start, <laughs> even if you like another nigga post, to me, you co-signing it. Yeah, definitely. You got to watch what you like on the net. It speaks volumes about you. <laughs> Facts. Like, hey. Your I've, social media presence is technically you, so be careful. I've I've literally texted and made phone calls to other people on my phone over shit that they've liked or shared on the internet. And I hate to be that guy, but it, hey, man. Hey, man, you... Hey, you like this? You like this post about the Proud Boys? I want to talk to you about the Proud Boys. You got a moment? Like I'm pulling up, I'm pulling up on your phone, like like Jehovah Witness. <laughs> you got a moment to talk about your recent, You got a moment to talk about your recent likes on Facebook? Like that's me. You gonna roll up on him on the on the ten speed <laughs> white shirt, black tie. <laughs> 
So, if all of the anti-vaxxers are like, oh, Colin Powell had the vaccine. Oh, Colin Powell still passed away with COVID complications and he had the vaccine. Conditions, underlying conditions. Hey, do your research. Right now, we still 7,000 strong in the States with people that have passed away or transitioned from COVID or COVID complications that have the vaccine. 7,000 strong. Small percentage of the United States. But let's keep going with the numbers. Out of that 7,000, over 90%. Are over the age of 65. Yes. Clearly, it's an old people thing. <laughs> right? That's not good. <laughs> not to make light of it, but hey, it's an old people thing. My man Colin Powell was 80, 80. 87? 87? I thought he was 85, something like that. Hey, look, he was in his 80s. Yeah. Mid 80s, mid to late 80s. He had a blood cancer. Yeah, which yeah. brings down yeah, his pancreas, immunity. Man, he had pancreatic cancer at one point too. Like I think when he was like sixty something, and he beat them both. Mm-hmm. But that the lasting effects from that last cancer brings down his immunity system. Mm-hmm. So no matter what the vacky could have did to him, he was still high risk. Right. These are high risk people that are transitioning as a result of COVID. With the vaccine. So all you anti-vaxxers don't use people passing away or transitioning that have the vaccine as your point in case to not get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of people close to me. Uh, and, and I hate to say it. I hate to put his business out there. But my brother specifically is an anti-vaxxer. And he's only an anti-vaxxer because, and this is my take on it. Because the information has changed so much. And I get it. I get it. Because I'm a guy that reads reviews before I buy anything. Anything major. Before I bought my TV, I did research for six months, bro. Before I even had the money in my hand, I was like, yo, what's this QLED bullshit they talking about? Yeah. What's this 4K? 8K is coming in four months. Is this even a smart purchase? Like, I'm doing that kind of research. Yeah. I, I assume my brother's the same way. So because the rollout for the VACI wasn't the best, and then they've changed up how to handle the VACI 17 times since March of last year, I get the hesitation. I understand it. But go check the numbers. Because the numbers that I found out when we're talking about Colin Powell... <laughs> I ain't have to search for it. I ain't have to go to five different websites for it. I went right. to one. I went to the one that talked about how he passed away. And then it just gave a history. And it was non-biased. But I don't think all the anti-vaxxers are doing it. I think they're going to websites that support their stance. Yeah. Which makes them and their beliefs a little bit more vocal. I, I think everybody is everybody looks for more so a place of comfort. They don't go they don't run for the uncomfortability to grow stronger. 
from what might be, you know what I'm saying? They look for that. They look, oh, yeah, I'm chilling. I'm good. <laughs> Anything that's going to put you in a good place, a good space, and a good state of mind. Anything that's going to powder your ass, so to speak. <laughs> but everybody ain't ready to be uncomfortable in certain situations, yo. Uh, I, I understand that these vaccines help us and they're supposed to be good, but it's it's showing some things where... Like, I don't, you know, at point, like they say, fake news, you don't even know what to believe sometimes. See why people are so confused. That's why you got to read and pay attention. Well, I think, I think reading and paying attention is, is important, but I also think you got to have multiple sources and you got to have, oh, definitely. especially in the internet age, you got to have as many quote-unquote, non-biased sources as possible. And I say quote-unquote because I don't think there are too many non-biased sources. I think you either fucking conservative, you fucking Republican, you Democrat. Like, and that's it. Like, that's, that's all that's out there. But I think you gotta go look at each one and compare the facts. And then you gotta, hey, look, these, these reporters, I don't care who what set they repping, they still responsible to put their source material up. And when you start seeing, hey, this motherfucker don't have that much source material that I can roll back to, this looks like more opinion-based journalism than everybody else. Uh-huh. When, I, when I read his article, I only see four or five blue links that can take me to a source. Got to have a work excited page. Hey, yeah, when I, <laughs> hey, when I when I go read this motherfucker shit, he got he got 16, 17 of them things. Like clearly, he's getting his information from elsewhere, and that that kind of gives me a level of, uh, I guess, a level of trust that I can have. But I just, I just, so my point is, this ain't the time for the anti-vaccination or the pro-vaccination conversation. Somebody passed away. Somebody transitioned. Like, let us get them in the dirt. Let us fucking mourn before we start talking about, hey, you you shouldn't get the vaccine because of this. Hey, (laughs) point is, my nigga was old, bro. Yeah, he was, <laughs> like, he was actually he was eighty four years old, man. <laughs> man, motherfuckers was chasing him. Them demons was chasing him. Fuck that, fuck COVID. Them <laughs> demons was chasing him, <laughs> right? So, for us to be talking about this shit so early, and I mean, when I say early, I saw the report that he transitioned, and within four hours, I saw a gang of social media posts from people saying. This is why you shouldn't get the vaccine, blah, blah, blah. Hey, <laughs> and don't take don't take no offense to this. Not, not saying what your stance is, but nobody take offense to this. If you're an anti-vaxxer and 7,000 people passing away, transitioning with COVID makes you not want the vacu, eat a dick, bro. 7,000 is not a lot. We lost <laughs> millions of people to the virus. 7,000 people passing away to the vac with the vacu. 
not to it, but with the vacu, it's not a big number. I eat a dick, bro. I take bigger risk when I drive 70 miles an hour versus the posted 60. I literally take bigger risk when I jump on an airplane. You motherfuckers jump on an airplane. You motherfuckers cook some food and don't put the thermometer in it. Yeah, unless you're, <laughs> unless you're burning your shit, you take gambles every day. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Man, I take a shower today. I don't have the slip-proof pad in my shower because I said I'm grown. I don't I need this. Sh- I slipped in my shower the other day. I caught myself, but I oh, slipped. Hey, that's what life has taught me. You get the slip proof <laughs> shower shit, all right? I got bars in my shower. My nigga, I'm, I'm 38. It has taken me 12 calendar days to recover from the last time I slipped in the shower. And and believe it when I tell you this, I didn't full-blown slip like where my feet touched the ceiling and I took a heavy hit. On my ass? No, nigga. I saved myself. <laughs> I saved myself like a motherfucker. I fell out the shower. I grabbed the shower curtain. I fell in slow motion. Eh, eh, eh. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like, I get one of those numbers. I always fall in slow motion nowadays when I fall. Because you won't, nigga. Plus. Hey, no. That's the new move. 30 plus, you're falling in slow motion, bro. I don't know why that is, yo. I feel like I'm in the Matrix. I fall in slow motion. I you, catch myself sometimes. sometimes you're not in the Matrix. Like you're in the level of responsibility. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a slight fall up here. I dislocated my left shoulder. Oh, so man. whenever I fall... I'm making a Cam Newton business decision. Oh, my God. Hey, hey, and this is what I'm saying in my head. Oh, my God. Yo, Dizzle. <laughs> you did it again, bro. You falling like a motherfucker. <laughs> Looking at yourself a third person, too? Hey, look at your ass. Look at your ass. Cheeks wiggling, nigga. <laughs> Falling in the shower. <laughs> nigga, you're naked. <laughs> Why you got all that fucking soap on? Yeah. <laughs> you had to put the shampoo in your hair. You know you bald, right, nigga? <laughs> hey, you got to be the only bald nigga I know with dandruff. Why you got all that shampoo in your hair? You shaving well, head and shoulders, motherfucker. The shampoo got in your eyes, and your stupid ass fell right, didn't you? I told your ass last time you fell. In the sh- hey, hey, my nigga, hey, why you ain't wearing the non-slip socks in the shower like the doctor told you? You to? got non-slip socks, I, nigga. I got aqua socks. Fuck is you talking about? I'm at that age. Chill, my man. You act like I'm, you're 62, bro. I'm bald headed. I wear. I'm I wear a do rag <laughs> for 16 hours a day. For why? <laughs> for why? What am I trying to get waves on? Are you a fucking mean ass old man that be asking people to get off your grass? You want to know? I, I wear a do rag with the flap out. You goddamn <laughs> right I'm telling niggas to get off my grass. Fuck is you talking about? <laughs> she please get yeah. off my freaking grass. <laughs> you seen boys in the hood? 
<laughs> you seen Boys in the Hood? The nigga that stole uh, Dope Boys football? I saw that. That's me. Told you not to bring that stupid ball. That nigga's terrible. That nigga yeah. look like Zion Williamson. Yeah, like that's then. me with the cape out. <laughs> Boat do red. <laughs> and when I'm falling, I say shit to myself like this. You locked that door, didn't you? <laughs> How the ambulance gonna come save you, bro? <laughs> so you just gonna cry? So you, so you just gonna cry on the floor? God damn, my nigga, you need to clean up under this toilet. Is that you missing the toilet like that? <laughs> hey, hey, my nigga, hey, if we don't do shit else, we gonna get up to make sure we clean this toilet before the ambulance come. <laughs> Hey, can't have your house looking like this when people come through. <laughs> Why my hip hurt like that, nigga? Did you break something? Oh my god! Hey, I dislocated my shit. I fell outside the house. I legit fell, and it's a bus stop, like forty feet from my house. I fell outside the house once, and a lady at the bus stop was just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> that made it worse. I know that made it fucking worse. <laughs> Are you okay? Bro, I laid down. I didn't even get up. I was down on the ground for at least four minutes. Oh, my God. Four minutes. I want you to know, right now, we've been recording for 58 minutes. <laughs> if, you take, if you take four of these minutes out and make it silence, that's how long I was laying down on the ground. <laughs> Face down with my hoodie on. Put a hole in my sweatpants. Mad embarrassing. Falling down in front of a strange person who looks like she also falls down. Who said to me, hey, are you all right? Do I need to call somebody for you? And she started walking from the bus stop to my front door so she could knock on the door and ask somebody who lives in my house to come help my dumb ass. (laughs) It was late there for minutes on end. You couldn't get up. No, I could have got up, but when I fall down, I need to sit. (laughs) I need to sit or lay down in the embarrassment. You thought I was finna jump up on some young people shit? Oh, no, I'm a player. I'm a player. I'm a player. No, no, you didn't catch me tripping. No, my nigga, when I fall down, I'm assessing the damage. (laughs) Does your elbow hurt? Your elbow hurt, don't it? Is it bleeding? You got a hole in your hoodie, don't you? Yeah, that's true. So where's the neosporin at? Is the neosporin upstairs? All right, so first things first, we got to go wash this hoe off, and then we got to go get the neosporin. You all right? What else hurt? (laughs) Everything, (laughs) dog. Your hip? Did you put a hole in your good pants? Oh, my nigga, you put a hole in your good pants. Where you get them fucking pants from? Gonna order you another pair. God damn it. I can't believe you put a hole in the good fucking Levi's. If you put a hole in the good Levi's, how you gonna stay fly, my nigga? Ooh. The world is... Yours. Love it. 
Shout out to Jimmy. shit off at bro like for real like where where can I cut some shit like that that was a little bit easier because I grabbed the fucking sensor version but in a regular mm. mix that's one thing I've always struggled as a DJ is like do I turn off the yin yang twins and too short Georgia Dome record and transition to something else? Or do I let this motherfucker fly until I see people start going to the bar and then somehow I mix Georgia Dome with Drop Down and Get Your Eagle On or fucking Jaquan Get Tipsy or Hood Hop, my favorite shit, my favorite yeah. Jaquan. So, yeah. that I hate when some songs end. I can't even front to you. like. Certain music just that shit could take me through a through the night. I could I could dance to it. I could fuck to it. I could sleep to it. I could work to it. Some music just got you like that. Well, let me tell you, I'm I'm fucking. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you, bro. And I'm not saying this shit all chest out. It's just me and you and all of our listeners. And we haven't even got to sports yet. We 64 minutes in. I'm the best at what I do. <laughs> like, like, hey, and I, it is hard for me to say I'm the best and then follow that up with, I'm not saying it's all chest out or nothing. Hey, that's all chest out, my nigga. 
I'm literally the best at what I do. There's not <laughs> another motherfucker that can do what I do, see what I see, and duplicate it. Damn right. So, so that's it. I'm the best at what I do. I want to know why this young man named Derek Christian Henry is the best at what he does. Why is this motherfucker the best running back? That man is a demigod. (laughs) Bro, the easiest way I can say this shit, Derek Henry out here playing Madden on rookie mode Mm. in real life. And he souped this person up. You goddamn right. 6'4", 260 pounds, runs 23 miles an hour, a 4'5", 40. And 28s, ball. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you keep him clean, too. You keep him clean. That boy, go. That boy is, he a freight train on some real. And that's the worst part about it because they put the stat up on the screen last night. My man literally gets better every quarter. First quarter, he's averaging four yards per carry. Second quarter, six yards per carry. Third quarter, eight yards per carry. Fourth quarter, it's like 12. So every time I give you the ball, it's the first down? Yeah, pretty much. Because that's what, what people don't realize. That four yards of carry in the first quarter is still just as good because that's that's breaking that 10 down every time. Eight yeah. yards eight yards of drive. Yeah. With second, no penalties. And, second and six, third and two as a quarterback is way more manageable yeah. yes. than third and eight. You know who had a lot of third and eights? Jay Cutler. Uh-huh. That nigga had mad third and eights. Brandon Marshall made a career off of Jay Cutler third and eights. Because they didn't have a running game. Running game, yeah. Because Jay Cutler liked to gamble and liked to throw that motherfucking ball. Jay Cutler also smoked four cigarettes during halftime. Oh, what? I didn't know that. Oh, man. Jay Cutler was smoking cigarettes in the locker room, bro. And he was he wasn't smoking like regular ass cigarettes, like fucking, he wasn't smoking no Newport, no Salem. He wasn't smoking no fucking Benson and Edges. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky strike. <laughs> My nigga was smoking the unfiltered camels, bro. <laughs> he was smoking the Marlboro Reds, the cowboy killers. Like hey, Jim Color was out here living his best life in Denver. Where the altitude got the oxygen already and lower, it, and he gets the nerve to smoke an unfiltered cigarette. Hey, I hope in life I achieve the success that makes me live on the same edge oh that Jay God. Cutler lived on. I hope in life I can soon achieve that level of success. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> Smoking cigarettes at high altitudes. Congratulations, you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> you made it, my nigga. <laughs> I'm simple. You can tell I ain't grow up with much in my life. That's what making it is for me. You talk to somebody else, oh, yeah, $20 million is making it for me, baby, and properties for my kids and life insurance. And, and me, legacy, I'm like, legacy, oh. legacy. 
if I can go to Mahai Stadium, smoke unfiltered cigarettes while the coach is yelling at the rest of the team. Yeah, I made it. Yeah, that that that's where I fucked up. But yo, is Derrick Henry the best running back in the league before the season started? Everybody was talking about Christian McCaffrey. They was talking about Alvin Kamara. They was talking about fucking Saquon Barkley. And it was like, yo, Derrick Henry can't repeat. He can't repeat. Shit. Hey, where are you at? Where are you at with it? Is he the uh, best? Look, they're going to have to definitely make the Derrick Henry rule again for the NFL because this brother is bowling people over. Honestly, he's big. He's fast. And he's agile. He's I'm seeing him make cuts before people can even get to him. Uh, and it's like he he's seeing the game before it even happens. So he's he's another one of those moguls on the field right now. So I definitely say he's the best running back in the league. I would say our boy Captain Kamerica is a close second. Can't nobody take nothing from Alvin Kamara. Uh, so, but the rest I don't I don't know who else is competing with this young man Derrick Henry. He's he's in a in a very very Lonesome first place as far as running backs go in my book. And I'm a Saints fan. See, that's the thing. I want to give AK mad props. But AK and his running style and his offensive con- contribution is reliant on the quarterback. Because if the quarterback throw him a gang of screens, he gonna make the most out of a gang of screens. If the quarterback throw him, uh, if the quarterback let him run up the gut or run sweet plays or run counter plays, he gonna make the most out of counter plays. Now, when it comes down to his running game, he needs a little thunder to go with his lightning. Yeah. Hence the reason why him and Mark Ingram were so good. Yeah. That's Hence what I was the reason say. why him and Latavius Murray was so good. He ain't got that this year. He butt naked out here. You understand what I'm saying? He butt naked with a new quarterback who just had LASIK surgery. Stuff. Hey, hey, hey. I call out to you, dog. Hey, I'm non-biased, right? <laughs> I call out to you, dog. Hey, hey, hey I, I watch football every Sunday just like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I can't say AK is two. I'm going to say Derrick Henry is one. I'm going to say the number two back is Zeke. And, and it, uh, it, it, pains, it pains me to say this. You know, have, yo. How could you not give it to AK, but you give it to Zeke? Zeke not like that. Zeke Zeke is exactly like that. Nah, Zeke overpaid. That, that rookie. So take the money out of it. Because when we talk about performance, Performance has nothing to do with the money. I think you're, the money that's going to do with his performance now, since he got that money, he been underperforming. Your expectation of his performance is tied to the money. Hey, if I told you this motherfucker made two hundred mil a year, he better put up two hundred yards a week with two touchdowns. No Shit. question asked. Shit, yeah, right. Shit, but yeah. if I tell you, hey, this motherfucker out here on a rookie contract, now you put him on a higher pedestal. The money is always tied to what your expectation is. Throw the money out the window. Zeke is a second contract quarterback. He forced the issue to get his second contract or the extension on his contract. 
And that's and that's where we are. If he wasn't with Dallas, consistency isn't there though. When he before he got that money, he was a serial eating beast, and now he's not that. And he's rumbling three yards per carry or something like that. Four yards, but, but I think maybe. I think I think you're I think you're looking at some of the details, but not all of the details. When you look at Zeke. And you look at his rookie year production, his second year production, excellent. Top of his class. Never seen a running back. Like, he broke every record for somebody with the amount of seasons under his belt. Yes. But when you started, when you go back to his last year, when he was fumbling like a motherfucker because Uh Dak wasn't there, he's also quarterback reliant. But most quarterbacks... Cause he's a he's a running back, bro. Like Alvin Kamara, he's a he's a special player. Yeah, Zeke is running back. Most running backs are reliant on the passing game because the passing game opens up the running game, mm-hmm. and the running game opens up the passing game. Correct. If Dak's not there and you got Andy Dalton, yeah, nigga, we know you're about to run. So guess what? Eight men in the box every go round, and that's that's what separates Derrick Henry. When you watch this run that he made last night for like thirty yards for the tu- for his second touchdown, it was eight men in the box. That means nothing to that man. Eight men in the box means nothing to him, but he's got a trash quarterback that can't take advantage of eight men in the box. Hence the reason why he has to constantly go take advantage. Of eight men in the box. Hey, I know it's eight men in the box. I know three of you motherfuckers ain't used to guarding nobody that weighs over 200 Man, pounds because y'all are DBs. Yeah, y'all DBs scared to hit. hit. Guess what? I'm a grown-ass man, 260. Ain't no more Ed Reeds running around that motherfucker. Absolutely. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, you put Ed Reed in the same division as Derrick Henry, he don't get that many. Mm. You put Ray Lewis out there, he don't oh. get that many. They still, he's still going. At, I, I seen Ray Lewis go at Eddie George, and Eddie George want no small boy by far. Yeah, and but Eddie, Eddie George ain't having hair lines, so he lost some confidence. Yeah, Eddie George. That nigga had two first names, bro. I got two first names. Nigga, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I wish there was a camera in my room because I'm looking at the camera <laughs> that's filming my life. I'm looking at that camera like, what is this nigga talking about? <laughs> and, and, the, and that dialogue from the office comes up. And this is where you know he fucked up. <laughs> that, just, that just popped up. What the fuck did you talk about? <laughs> anyway, so... We talking about Derrick Henry being the best running back. We can't name a running back better than no. Derrick Henry. It's 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 not the motherfucker in Kansas City. It's not Nick Chubb. It's not fucking Chubb is Chubb. out, right? Yeah, Chubb's out. So that's why he ain't the best. Uh, it ain't uh we don't have a Marshawn Lynch no more. Uh, uh he is it. He is the new beast mode for real, for real. I think he better than Beast Mode, bro. Like, Beast Mode made a lot of memorable moments, yeah. but if we look at this shit in a capsule... It's pretty much the same shit, except it happens all the time. It's when he the, was same, <laughs> it's the <laughs> same shit with a bigger nigga. Yeah. He looked like, look, 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 like a super shredder. 
Don't he look like the super shredder in the fucking passage? <laughs> I don't know what that nigga's dreads is tied up in in the back. It looked like a loaf. It looked like a French loaf of bread. Mm. But that shit get a nigga his strength, and they should never make any adjustments to that ever. Yo, keep Derrick Henry out here. I shitted on him. What? I shitted on him because he came in uh, from Bama. I, I always shit on Bama running backs. I even shitted on Ingram. Oh, he came man. in from Bama, and he came in. And he was backing up Demarco Murray, who just won the running title yeah. with uh, Dallas, or maybe maybe it was Philly, but I can't remember. But Demarco, he was there behind a star nigga, an expected star nigga. You didn't hear about the Derrick Henry rule? No, I heard about it. But I ain't pay that shit too much mind because I don't... he was in eighth grade balling, yo. He was fast. He's been fast his entire life. So I think that kid ran out the womb and snapped his umbilical cord off his mama. Do you remember Trent Richardson? Vaguely. He was also an Alabama running back who was critically acclaimed. Come on. Well, he went to Indianapolis. Okay. As a high draft pick, uh-huh. everybody's like, oh, Trent Richardson's going to turn the Colts around. Trent Richardson, Trent Richardson showed up to camp, chubby as fuck. Didn't do shit. I think he had one year there, maybe two years. Then he went to Green Bay. He showed up to Green Bay, chubby-er. He looked like the nutty professor. <laughs> he looked like the nutty professor. Get this nigga Trent Richardson the fuck out of here, bro. Like, that's what I'm saying. Alabama running backs and quarterbacks, they haven't proven to be great by the system. A.J. McCarron, uh, Tua, Tungavailoa, mm-hmm. all these quarterbacks and, and that come critically acclaimed under, under Nick Saban. They're like, oh, yeah, you got to love them. You got to love them. Hey, even my man uh, Ruggs out in Las Vegas with the Raiders. He was a great wide receiver. Everybody loved yeah. Ruggs. How much noise has he made in the league since he since he got drafted? He's with the maybe, Raiders, you said? Yeah, maybe it's because he's with the shit Raiders. Going on. Yeah, they got some shit going <laughs> on, bro. And we talked about Gruden last week, but he's nowhere yeah. close to top five wide receivers. But you know who is the top? Oh, wait. Before we get to the top receiver. Sorry, I, I, I smooth fast forward on the transition. Uh, that game last night with the Bills and Titans. Yes. Bad fucking coaching. Yeah. Bad fucking coaching. There's no fucking way. And I'll let you have it. On third down, you let the white man run, run to the corner, try to hit the corner pocket. He jumps in midair. A black man slams him. Smarter I love defense. it. Smarter defense, man. I love it. It felt like Black History Month on Monday Night Football. Watching <laughs> the black man body slam the white man. It felt great. But watching Josh Allen on fourth and one <laughs> on the second yard line, the third yard line, whatever the fuck it was, with a timeout in your pocket. Yeah. With a timeout in your pocket on fourth and one. Watching Josh Allen try and go for the quarterback sneak for the touchdown when you're down three fucking points. Yeah. 
Terrible coaching, bro. Rather than going for the tie. Hey, Rex Ryan do that? Fired. Yeah. Sean Payton do that? Maybe fired. He better have some, he better have some good excuses. have excuse. a good excuse, yeah. That's poor coaching. And this poor coaching is motivated by a few things. I don't trust my defense. Yeah. I don't trust my offense. That overtime 50-50 coin flip ain't sexy. Primetime TV. We're the standalone game. Yeah, Nobody's that's... watching football unless they're watching this game. This can be a signature win for all of us. Yeah. What do you call that, Joe? Pride. <laughs> Pride is attached to what, Joe? Your ego. <laughs> Your fucking ego. Yeah. Name the last time you made a decision <laughs> based off your ego or your pride that worked out for you in the long run. Shit. <laughs> I don't think no I don't think nothing I've ever done from my ego and pride is is really helped. Besides straying besides straying away from certain people. And I, I wouldn't even call that pride. That's just smart. But yeah, I, I don't think I've ever prevailed with my ego. It never happens. It never happens. It I promise you, any decision that's fueled by your ego, that's fueled by your pride, it's and pardon me for my language, it's it's sex without foreplay. <laughs> It feels good because this is something that's in a rush and you've been waiting for it for a long time and this is your moment to prove yourself. But then you're netting 18 pumps. <laughs> you gave him 18. That's good. <laughs> and she only wet because you netted after 16 pumps. That's the only reason why she wet. Right? <laughs> you didn't even get started for real. Oh, where we at? Ah! <laughs> And then she turned around like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> I knew I should have fucking. And that's how you know. Give me 14 seconds. Ego and pride has fucked you up in the long run. Definitely. When you make a decision, when you at the fucking table. You're too impulsive. In Vegas, and you at the table, and the nigga say, yo, fam, you got 14? You want to you want split these sevens? Or you want to double down. And instead of splitting the sevens, you double down. And the nigga hits you with a 10. And then the nigga next to you could have hit 21 off a 10. And the dealer could have busted off a 10. Mm. Now you feeling like an asshole because not only did you fuck up your money because of ego and pride, you fucked up everybody at the table's money. Everybody mad at your ass. And everybody trying to coach your ass through fucking blackjack now because you've shown that you can't be trusted to make adult decisions by yourself. Everything's <laughs> go, everything goes back to being an adult, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Grow up! <laughs> hey, man, fuck these coaches, man. Fuck yeah. the pressure that they're put under. Fuck the fact that it's not more black coaches, but mm. fuck the Fuck these coaches making poor decisions because Buffalo literally had 
one of the best, if not the best team in the league, at least in the AFC. And because they made this poor coaching decision in week five, week six, now I'm looking like, damn, it's 11 weeks left. Buffalo's not better than the Ravens in the AFC, I will say that. What? Nah, Buffalo's not better than the Ravens. You know I hate black quarterbacks. I know you so, do. So go ahead, go ahead and spit it, bro. Listen, what you mean? The Ravens, the Ravens are there. They they are definitely the team to beat. I think Lamar Jackson might be the MVP this year. But it's between him and Kyler Murray. Uh but honestly, uh in the AFC, the Bills are the, the Bills aren't it. I'm talking about playoff time. I'm projecting. I'm talking playoff time. I don't think the Bills got what it takes to beat Baltimore if they go against Baltimore in the playoffs. Not the way Lamar Jackson is playing now. Not the way the Baltimore Ravens are playing. Yo, so you watch football. You actively watch football every week. Yes, I'm listening to podcasts and all that stuff. I watch football. So you're telling me Josh Allen, what he can do with the Bills. Fuck the coaching at the moment. The moment at in the moment today's today the coaching looks like a super all that plays a part and and it don't seem like that coach and that that quarterback it has a trust in in their whole team. But what has Lamar done in the playoffs that make you trust him more than Josh Allen? Has he won more games in the playoffs than Josh Allen? Has he has he squandered less? He's played some tough, some uh, some tough teams in the playoffs. Josh Allen has been eliminated oh, by. Uh, okay, okay. Who did they get eliminated by when they played in the playoffs? Didn't they get eliminated by the Chiefs? The Chiefs. Yeah, and the Super Bowl and then, winners. And then the year before that, who did they get eliminated by? The Titans. The Titans. I believe who, so. Who who were fucking a couple plays away from the Super Bowl? Look, and then who just beat them last night? The Titans. That was the a grudge match. That was yeah, a yeah, match, exactly, exactly. But look, there's certain teams that just has have teams numbers, and I just don't think the the Bills are ready to compete with those other teams. And that would be, you know, like the Tennessee Titans or even those Kansas City Chiefs. Did they beat the Chiefs? Did they beat the Chiefs? I. So if if football playoffs were a best of three series. I would say I have more faith in the Ravens. Uh-huh. But since football, it's a one of one. Hey, my nigga, it's Saturday, 8 o'clock, me yeah. versus you. Yeah. You going to get my best, I'm going to get your best. <laughs> and long term, I know that come December, come January, I don't know what it is about Lamar Jackson, and this is not. This is not my hate for black quarterbacks, but I don't know what it is about December and January, but that cape gets exposed a little bit. My man Lamar becomes a little vulnerable. It's real emotional for that young man because you get he to makes certain- poor decisions in crunch time in important games. Week three versus the Kansas City Chiefs. He looks great. Oh, you look great. You took a front flip into the end zone, Lamar. Oh, great job. We love you, Lamar. Hey, 
<laughs> week week two of the playoffs, my nigga. You gonna keep throwing that motherfucking ball inaccurately. It's different. You're gonna keep running into the blitz because you ran through the blitz before and it was successful. Uh And you do it three times in the first quarter and you don't know, hey, I need to stay away from that side because that linebacker got my number. That linebacker over here, that Mike linebacker, he's a spy. I can't run or expect to run every play. I need to fake like I'm going to run and throw it to an open receiver. He doesn't have that in him to change his game. No, oh, listen. The last time they stopped him from running, he threw for four hundred yards. I love it. I love it. And look, and look, and look. And when they allowed him to run, he ran for either a hundred or eighty plus yards. I love it because it shows growth in the regular he, season. And he, he's having okay, okay. Let me see you do it in the postseason so that I can believe it. Or let me see you do it in the regular season for consecutive weeks against tough defenses that try and match you up like that. That's what he hasn't done. Yeah, he hasn't lost a lot of games in the regular season. I think the motherfucker lost like four or five games in the regular season in three years. It's hard to hate on a nigga that's only lost like five regular season games, right? He's a baller, man. He is a baller. But that's how you know it's not hate. That's how you know there's something out there mentally within so, him. So emotional, bro. It's so emotional for that young man. His cape, like- his cape is long. It's not a regular cape. It's not a hero cape. Mm. It's a Captain Save Him whole cape, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't let your emotions get the best of you. But that, that emotion could also show something bigger in a man when it comes out, too. But it's not the emotion. It's the, I'm going to prove all 27 teams that didn't draft me. I'm going to prove all of them wrong. Mm. I'm going to prove that reporter wrong that said he would be a great wide receiver. I'm going to prove that motherfucker wrong. Every time I drop back and throw the ball, I'm trying to prove him wrong. Fuck doing what's right. I'm being motivated by the wrong thing. Tom Brady, Tom Brazy, still does it today. You hear Tom talk about, yeah, I remember I was the last pick in the sixth round. And I told, and I told, I told, I told Kraft. This was the best decision this franchise has ever made. Hey, my nigga, eat a dick. Some I don't want to hear that before. Some people's chip on their shoulders more like a brick or a boulder. Cool. That's just what it is. Some people's, you know, some people take those and they brush that shit off and they good. And then other people fucking carry that shit with them their whole life. And that's their mantra. I was drafted in the sixth round, last in the sixth round. And now I'm fucking seven-time Super Bowl champion. So that's that's my question. When does the chip fall off, bro? Michael, <laughs> Michael Jordan had a chip on his shoulder from a nigga who made the varsity team over him in high school. And he had such a chip on his shoulder in his Hall of Fame speech. He made sure to give that young man a shout-out. That young man works in waste management somewhere. Nothing close to the life of Michael Jordan. The highlight of his life, which he probably never tells anybody, hey, you know Michael Jordan took my spot on the team, right? And I was that good that Michael Jordan had to come for my spot. 
That's pettiness, though. That's petty. You ain't winning <laughs> off of that. <laughs> that's no. That's no real win there. But after what level of success? Because Jordan got six rings, yeah. six trips to the finals, six rings, six Ws. Yeah. Tom Brady got six, seven Super Bowls. How long is he going to talk about? Hey, you know, for six rounds, nobody wanted to draft me. You know, when the Patriots drafted me, I was the fourth quarterback on the roster. Mm. Like, how long? Tom Brady's been playing football for 20 fucking years. And Drew Bledsoe's place. I don't want to hear about this nigga's rookie season out of his mouth no more. The analysts, that's their job. Yeah. That's their job. The color analyst, Stephen A., Michelle Beadle, Max Kellerman, all these motherfuckers. That's their job. They got to live with it. I got to live with it. But from Tommy, I don't want to fucking hear, yeah, you know, I'm just, hey, I, oh, 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 here's, here's another one. Aaron Rodgers told San Francisco, hey, you picked Alex Smith over me. Every time you see me, I'm going to kill you. Fucking right. What he say? What Aaron Rodgers say on Sunday after he scored the game-winning touchdown? I own the Bears. How long do you keep the fucking chip on your shoulder? No matter what level of success you gain, it's it's not a chip on your shoulder no more. It's braggadocious. It's ego, just like what we talked about with the, the Bills coaches. coach, uh-huh. right? Or am I wrong? I mean, that's fuel. Some people would say it's fuel for something like that for you to shit on me. So every time I see you now, it matters to shit on you. Don't ever shit on me, especially especially publicly like some people do. If you shit on me publicly, you can expect me if we're in a basketball game together and I cross you. I plan on dunking on you. It's nuts on your head. Or if, or if we're in a boxing match and you try to embarrass me before the boxing match, I got to beat that ass royally. And I got to taunt you just because. So is beef on sight? I mean, that's just the spirit of competition. You saw what Kobe does to Jalen Rose. Kobe, I gave you 81. He reminds him. That's not just a commercial. That's the art of war. That's the art of seduction. That's the 48 laws of power. That's what people live by. It, it can't, it can't, it can't, it, it can't fuel you no more. Because <laughs> listen, and I'm not in a competitive sport, so maybe that's the difference. Yeah, you know, I used to run track, so... I got a regular-ass job like regular-ass people, right? But you still competing for... You got to compete for position. It's still a competition no matter what, bro. You want to be the best. Like you just said, I'm the best at what I do. So for the job that I had before my current position... Okay. I applied for it three times. Yes. I was denied for it once. I was denied for it a second time. Both of the people... That got the job over me. I wasn't out here like, hey, Jason, Jennifer, I'm going to prove a point to you every day in the office. <laughs> it wasn't like that for me. I went to the, I went to them. I was like, yo, fam, how your interview went? <laughs> how your interview go? <laughs> hey. This motherfucker asked me this question. This shit was hard as hell. And what I learned from those conversations, you ain't did enough. Mm. You ain't earned enough. 
you didn't put yourself in the spotlight spotlight enough to match what they did. The third time, hey, one out there showed my ass. The motherfucker that applied for the gig at the same time as me, he came to me and he said, yeah, we knew they was going to give it to you because you the teacher's pet. You the favorite. You Uncle Tom. And I I said, no, my nigga. When I got declined for how many times you been declined for it? Oh, you've been declined for it four times? Well, guess what? I was declined for it two times. This is the feedback they gave me. I don't speak well enough in public. I don't do this well enough. I don't do this. I do this very well, but nobody knows it because I never talk about it. What feedback they give you? I don't know. They just didn't pick me because of office politics, because I'm not an Uncle Tom like you. Cool. The conversation goes no further because you can't see past your own failure. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck did Thanos say in Endgame? <laughs> when he came back, he was like, hey, man, <laughs> I killed 50% of y'all before. <laughs> now I realize I got to kill 100% of y'all because you can't see past your failure. Yes. Yep. And everything brings you back to me. I am inevitable. If Jordan is inevitable, if Aaron Rodgers is inevitable, if Tom Brady is inevitable because they dead nice, you ain't got to shit on me every time you see me. And if you do shit on me every time you see me, you ain't got to make it public that that's why you shit on me every time you see me. My nigga, I want to win every NFL game. <laughs> That's why I beat the 49ers by 40 points today. Not because they didn't draft me. <laughs> hey, my nigga, I want to win every game. Some people just play different, man. Michael man. Jordan, Michael Jordan didn't uh anybody that talked shit to Mike Jordan, he tried to bust their ass hard too. You couldn't if- say nothing to Jordan. If you got to feed yourself that fake ammunition, that's exactly what it is. Motivation. You shooting blanks. No, you pumping yourself up with with fake energy, with fake hate. Look, bro, Grant Hill said something to Michael Jordan one game. The nigga with paper mache ankles said something to Michael Jordan? Yes, Grant Hill said something to Michael Jordan one game, and I, I believe it was like, MJ later on played Grant Hill later on, and he still gave Grant Hill a clean forty. And I mean, and it was it's definitely that. My, look, KG, KG has a story about MJ, and MJ grabs KG seven foot one. KG six foot six. Michael Jordan grabs KG by the back of his head and tells him every time he sees. Remember when I dropped forty on you, son, and then pushes his head away from him. That's that's Michael Jordan. That's some big brother spirit of competition shit, man. You got to understand that that ain't no I got a grudge against you. It's just, you know, we play ball and you're supposed to be the best at what you do. Remember when I put 40 over your little peasy head? Bro, it, it's not. Well, that doesn't trend outside of sports. That that competition level don't translate because if I went into my job. Hey, motherfucker, you know I got this job over you. You better listen no, to me. No, that's different. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> <my nigga. laughs> 
That's different. That's not believe, the competition. You were. I can't believe you're questioning my coaching. <laughs> Did not get promoted before you. Nah, it's more like wouldn't I see you guys numbers a, up or some shit like that. Wouldn't that mean I'm a better coach than you? Oh, look at your it's look at your, look at your average handle time on your calls for your team. <laughs> hmm, couldn't be any team I ever managed. Like <laughs> when I was coaching teams like you, my team was the best. Like that's. At some point, you got to realize, like, I get it. It doesn't translate into business. And, and fuck it, maybe it don't translate into the coffee world or the DoorDash world or the Uber world. In sports, it kind of translates. But at some point, you're not carrying a chip, bro. you just asshole. You're just a mean asshole. Like, you just an unrelatable asshole. Because guess what? Nobody ever went to Mike and got coaching or schooling mm-hmm. for their basketball game, except Kobe. Yeah. How many people do you think went to Mike and said, yo, fam, that, that little that little shimmy shake you do before the fadeaway? Yeah, you show me that? <laughs> I watched it on I watched it on tape. But like how you do that? Like what what makes you what are you sensing in your body that makes you feel comfortable to go left? Then right versus going right then left, and what makes you say, "Hey, you shimmy shake," and the nigga didn't bite? Don't shoot it. Like, school me on this shimmy shake, Mike. Like, how many niggas you think went to him? You think it was just Kobe? And we didn't even know that Kobe went to this nigga until what? 2012, 2014. Kobe had 16 years in. And we found out him and Mike had a secret fucking relationship. <laughs> how Mike, Kobe, Mike, you know Mike only fuck with the elite, bro. Man, and everybody fucking, ain't like that. How many times a nigga put a microphone in Kobe's face between 1999 and 2014 before Kobe said, hey, you know, I learned this from Mike. Hey, hey, I want you guys to know, you call me Mike Jr., that's because I, I called Mike up one night and I asked him some questions. And I called him all the time. And according to Kobe, he called Mike all the fucking time. Are you going <laughs> to tell me Glenn Rice never he called was, Michael he Jordan? He said that was, Kobe was his little brother. He said that. So Glenn Rice never called Michael Jordan. Glenn Rice wasn't no Kobe Bryant. Allen Iverson never called Michael Jordan. Richard he probably Jefferson. did, but it wasn't like Kobe. Those, those dudes don't have the work ethic of Kobe. You got to understand, Mike Jordan's work ethic is is phenomenal. Richard Jefferson, I KG, Spreewell, Mulberry. None of these niggas ever called. Man, get the fuck out of here. Black, what are they call The black cat, the, the goat, the black, original black mamba. Fuck Mike, bro. Get off his dick. Why you don't like MJ? Hey, I have personal reasons on why I don't like (laughs) Cheese eyes. (laughs) Cheese eyes. And and niggas is going to be in the comments like, yo, nigga, cheese eyes. Fuck DJ Mama or something. Like, it's not that deep. But it's just like, I hate how all these stories 
feed into the mythology of MJ. He's like, good, even, though, bro. He's great. He's a great NBA player. I fucking loved watching him as a kid. Shit I, magic. But I watched him as a kid, as I did Magic, as I did Isaiah, as I did Larry. I watched these players as a kid, not just the highlight reel that's available on YouTube I or the highlight reel that's available on the fucking Netflix documentary. I watched these players as a child. Yeah. So I know it won't all sweet. Like, niggas sit here, and, and I'm not even getting on LeBron shit, but niggas sit here and like, oh, yeah, LeBron lost in the finals this many times. Hey, my nigga, Jordan couldn't make it out the finals. He couldn't make it out the first round the same amount of times that LeBron lost in the finals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but when, the, when Mike made it to the finals, he won. Hey, great job, my nigga. If I didn't win a chip, I didn't win a chip. We in the same pot, whether I lost in the finals or I lost in the first round. We the same nigga, ringless. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They, get, they, they hyped this nigga up. And look, he was great. He was great. He revolutionized the game. The era, the basketball era has evolved. In his era, Mike was the best. Yeah. In his era, Kobe was the best. Yeah. In his era, LeBron was the best. That's it. We got to separate this shit by eras. The only shit that we can closely compare is the Kobe era to to the LeBron era, but we can't really compare that because LeBron was mad green when Kobe was out here on his second act. Kobe Kobe was post Shaq era when LeBron was a rookie. Post Shaq era Kobe. So I already got three under my belt. And this nigga ain't got a fucking win against the Sacramento Kings under his belt. <laughs> you goddamn right I'm going to spank him every time I see him. Yeah. And then in the latter part of Kobe's career, what happened? On Christmas Day in Miami, LeBron beat the shit out of Kobe. And then, oh, man, Kobe, Kobe lost his step. No, my nigga. Kobe was out here with Smush Parker. Yeah, he had an awful team. Kwame Brown, Andrew Bynum, like he was out here with the scrubbiest of scrubs. You can't compare the two. That's the fuck y'all I'm not passing the ball. Kobe. Oh, oh man. You think that's when it started? (laughs) You think that's when it started? Let me tell you something, sir. Oh three. Oh three, go watch the tape. The Lakers roster consists of Gary Payton, Derek Fisher, Rick Fox, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Karl Malone, mm. Mark Madsen, Mad Dog Madsen as they referred to him as, uh, and like three other fucking vital pieces that won two chips before. <laughs> This is going to be the second repeat of their career or some shit like that. They get Carl Malone, they get Gary Payton. After they won the chip, everybody thinks we're walking into another championship because we got Gary Payton, defensive guru, the fucking glove, my nigga. Yeah. We got GP Carl. was the truth. GP is the truth. We got Carl Malone. 
fucking Malone. The mailman. My favorite player of the late 80s, early 90s, before I found out he was a sick nigga. The R. Kelly of NBA, Carl Malone. Mail don't deliver on Sundays, but pedophiles do. <laughs> Stop it with the pedophilia. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop we, it. We, we got, <laughs> we almost called Chris Hansen on his ass. <laughs> oh, he was nasty, bro. He was disgusting. <laughs> and we didn't know until his daughter made the WNBA. And then it was just like, yo, fam, are you talking about Carl Malone from the Jazz? <laughs> the <laughs> you talking, man. You talking about Carl Malone from the Dollar Tree? Like, which Carl Malone are you talking about? Talking like, about DDP tag team partner. Fam. <laughs> That nigga was a whole creep. Disgusting. That nigga tag team with DDP. I had to wipe that nigga out of my top five, bro. Like, that's how real it was. I had his dream team poster in my room growing up because he was that nigga to me. So he goes to the Lakers after being on the fucking Jazz for 20-plus years. Stockton retired. Carl Malone said, you know what? Fuck it. If Stockton ain't here, I don't want to be here. I'm going to just go chase this chick. They go, they chase the chip, they beat San Antonio. Amazing. Amazing series versus San Antonio. This is young Tony Parker, young Manu Ginobili, fairly young, but experienced Tim Duncan. And fucking Popovich, bro. At the time, the best coach in the NBA. Also a reason why you shouldn't let your ego as a coach take over. Because why? Where the fuck is Popovich today? Nobody want to play for his ass. Not even the foreign dudes. Yeah, nobody want to play with yeah. G Pop because you let your you let your ego take over. You let your slave do your job. Uh, so anyway, they beat San Antonio. Cool shit. They go up against the Detroit Pistons, bro. And I'm not shitting on the Detroit Pistons because I love that team. Yeah, that was a good team. That was a great team. We can't name a more no-frills team that has won a championship than that year's Detroit Pistons. Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Tayshawn Prince, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. You can't even name too many players off the bench. I think it was Darwin Ham, Rodney Stuckey. Like, it was some real no-name niggas that went to China after sitting on the bench. Darko Milicic, shout out to you, my man. You got a ring for sitting on the bench. Larry Brown, the coach, is the reason why that shit happened. He slowed the game down, but that's what it is. That Detroit team was definitely something something powerful, something out of a storybook. They went to the finals five out of eight years. The Eastern Conference finals, five out of eight years. Uh, and I have a what if series coming where we talk about what if related to sports to kind of match off of the Marvel what if series. The first episode is going to be what if Larry Brown drafted Melo instead of Darko Milicic. And I can't wait to talk that shit. That shit's going to be amazing. Damn, that's good. Uh, we're going to speed through a couple topics since we're talking basketball. Uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, 
won the championship this summer. All y'all niggas forgot. Y'all forgot my man won the championship. Like, y'all forgot quickly. I still, I like these past couple championships to me have just been a little. I feel like they're a little fraud. I think we talked about that before because it's like the seasons were shortened. I feel like this will be something that we can see. They actually gonna go with the eighty-two games or whatever. So I actually see we gonna we gonna actually be able to see a full season of good basketball this year. I mean, seventy-two game season. Oh, it's only seventy-two. No, that was last year. Yeah, yeah. Last year was seventy-two game season. It was shortened, but it was also condensed because they didn't start until like Christmas, New Year, right? Right. Starting in November, October. Yeah, they lost ten games, but they had to get to seventy-two in a tighter space. But it also extended into May and June before the playoffs started. Before that, it was the bubble. So yeah, I, I get that, but. When this shit happened and Giannis was on TV and on the internet at Chick-fil-A with his wife, I want a 50-piece nugget from Chick-fil-A because I dropped 50-piece in this game six finals. And I was like, oh, take this nigga with broken English off my internet. Yeah. Like, I didn't I didn't pay for Soldier Boy's internet for a nigga that can't speak English. Not the soldiers. Yeah, I didn't pay for Soldier Boy's internet for that, right? <laughs> and then this nigga disappeared all summer. All fall. And it's like, damn. This was an accidental championship because all these niggas disappeared. You never saw Chris Middleton in a Gate Aid commercial. They're not doing that. They get into the. They get into that chip. This nigga Giannis was in the gym, bro. Yeah. This nigga Giannis has a jump shot, bro. That's that Mamba mentality. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. <laughs> when you, I, I'm just win a championship and then you go shoot. You go shoot around. You go back to the gym. Like you didn't just get finished playing a whole season of shooting and getting your shit right. That's 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 hard work. That's ingenuity. I didn't just win. I don't want to just win. I want to decimate my opponent. Back in my day, they called that peer pressure. If all these niggas is going to say about me is I can't shoot. Whether I win the chip or not, guess what the fuck I'm doing? Shooting. 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 Half-court shots. Hey, if this nigga shoots within the first six seconds of the shot clock like Steph, I'm going to call him a dick rider. Why you going to be mad at that man for upping his game? I ain't saying he's up this. Hey, but look, only Steph can shoot within the first six seconds of the shot clock, bro. Come on, that's man. Steph, that's Steph business right there. That's, you on Steph territory right there. You ain't even bring the ball up half court. You going to shoot it? If this nigga, if this nigga go. Big ass shoot that ball from more than half court. <laughs> I'm turning my TV off. I'm not trying to sit there and watch these niggas just shoot from the end of the court. Just check the ball in. 
My nigga turned a chest pass into a three-point <laughs> shot from half Oh, my bad. I don't know my own strength. Get out of here, Giannis. You make me nervous. <laughs> no, it's a 60-piece. three-point shots. He just going to be shooting threes. That's going to be boring. I don't want to sit there and watch that. Why Giannis sound like I came from coming to America? Why Giannis sound like he's <laughs> eating a cattail? <laughs> That nigga crazy. He he sound like he got a fifty piece of nuggets in his mouth. <laughs> but everybody was talking about this jump shot. And they're like, yo, Giannis is dangerous now. Hey, look, I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. I talked a lot of shit about Giannis before as well documented many episodes on this podcast. This is the world is yours. Uh-huh. He was dangerous before. Yeah. When you couldn't stop that motherfucker when he was in the paint because all he had to do was take two giant Euro steps and he was dunking on you hoes, he was dangerous then. And it wasn't too many people in the league that could stop and or slow that down. I think what fucked him up was the free throw shots because then it turned into as soon as he gets in the paint, foul him. Because he's going to have to go to the line if he miss it. Yeah, put a foul on him. Hack a Shaq, hack a Giannis, hack a Greek. Yeah. But now he's hitting free throws. Now he's hitting three-pointers. Now, now he's he hit range. Now he's hitting the midi. He hit a three-pointer in the finals. The one. The one. <laughs> the, the one. The one. You going, you, going, you going to get on this podcast and talk about the one? Sometimes that's just a taste of things to come. This is not a podcast dedicated to the Matrix. (laughs) I don't give a fuck about the one. (laughs) I can make an NBA three-pointer on accident if you give me enough chances. (laughs) And look, I was a stone-cold shooter from 12 feet. I was a stone cold shooter from twelve feet. Regulation. Oh man, you could. Hey, my nigga, I get some space. Ah 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 ah. Break your ankles. Ah ah. Behind the back. Ah ah. Switch. Pump, pump fake. Ah ah. And then boom, from twelve feet. Like that's right outside the paint. Bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Look at the shit I'm taking pride for. But this, <laughs> but this nigga hit a three in the three in the finals. You like, hey, he hit a three in the finals out of six games. He hit one. 100%. How many he missed? I don't know how many he take. I know 18? he hit one. 18? Hey, ain't, ain't no fucking 18. 18? <laughs> 18 of them things. He made one. Stop celebrating mediocrity. <laughs> I ain't mean to. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, but if this shit, if he holds true to this shit right here, I have a bold prediction. And don't hold me to it because I've only overdosed myself on preseason basketball. I don't have the rights to watch these niggas work out and like train like we do with football season. Mm-hmm. Triple crown for Giannis. Triple crown means MVP, defensive player of the year. Mm. Finals MVP. Triple crown for Giannis. The Nets can't see Giannis 
in their current state, and that's with Kyrie yeah. beefing over the vacuum. In their current state, the Nets can't see Giannis. And because they old, and I don't know if anybody's athletic enough to withstand Giannis for a seven-game series, I think the Lakers get dubbed mm. with the soul of Luol Cinder on the back of the Bucks. Nah. I don't think you got enough confidence in that Lake show over there, but I look, I hate Russell Westbrook. I hate oh. him, bro. I hate him as a basketball player. I love him as a human being. I hate him as a fashion icon because I can't wear that shit. Nah, I, I haven't worn rips in my jeans on purpose ever in my life. Like if I got had rips in my jeans, I literally just got into a fight or a bike accident. <laughs> 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 Anthony Davis, I love him, but he's not healthy. And you already know how I feel about LeBron, greatest player in, in the league, uh, year 19, year 18, however many fucking years this nigga's been in the league, it's way too many to be expected to perform at the same level that he is. It's what he's determined to do. No, it's what he has to do because of what's around him. Now, he recruited the group that's around him. Oh, man. He did it to himself. Oh, man. He's the chef that went to the grocery store and said, hey, I'm going to buy one onion. I'm going to buy the Great Value brand cheese versus the Pepperidge Farm because I want to say. Who is the Great Value brand on that Lakers team? Um, Historically, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Caldwell Pope, play uh, for them? Kuzma. Rondo. They don't play for them. Rondo. Dwight Howard. We not talk about Rondo. Dwight Howard is out Avery, there. Avery Bradley. Everybody, look, I, I think I talked about this before. Everybody's playing their position. Everybody's going to play the right position. I'm telling you. Excuse that me? team is going to come together. Excuse me? Yeah. You're going to see something this year. No. Wait. Hold on. We might, we might be having interference. Did you say everybody's playing their position? Yeah, everybody's going to play the proper. They got two point guards on that team, which is Muscle and LeBron. They're going to play that jank like the Lakers did back in the day. I'm telling you. Okay, so if everybody's going to play their position, what the fuck is Kent Bazemore doing on the Lakers? Because I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Kent Bazemore, Kelly Oubre Jr., Gerald Green. Those are the niggas I play with on 2K to make niggas mad. Yo, I ain't even, who the fuck is this nigga? Who, who said this nigga could do all that? I've never seen a nigga do all that in real life. That Gerald Green, that's number 15, correct? White guy? No, no, no. Gerald Green from fucking the Rockets. The, he was in the dunk contest. He blew the okay. candle out. On He's not on the Lakers. I'm just giving examples of oh. niggas that don't deserve a lot of play. That get a lot of play in 2K, but they're not dead nice in real life. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan. Really? I mean. Playing the position, huh? They like LeBron. I really feel like they're working. These are people that are working together. Melo and LeBron. Russ and LeBron. I think LeBron has actually got a hold of Russ and is talking some sense into him because he's dropping some badass dimes too as he's going down that court. That was just preseason, but we're gonna see what happens after these, you know, these games tonight. 
with the Warriors. So I'm gonna tell you what, Monk, Malik Monk, Mikael Monk, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. solid piece. Rondo, dependable piece, not a solid piece, but dependable. Playoff Rondo is different. Yeah, different understanding of the game. That's why I say he's dependable, but not a solid piece because. Regular season, you don't know what you're gonna get from this nigga, and he gets hurt a lot. Yeah, lately, as of lately, yeah, he is a uh, injury prone. Mellow. What? Don't talk bad about my boy. Hey, if Hoodie Mellow showed up for the regular season, I'd be in love with Mellow like I am with LeBron. Mellow is a dog. Don't you ever talk bad about Carmelo. Hoodie, I'll fight you. Hoodie Mellow has failed to show up for an NBA I'll season. fight you in the square circle, Derek! <laughs> I'm sorry. You're mad about Carmelo Anthony. I'm sorry, bro. Hey. He all right, but I, I got to see. I got to watch this shit play out because they're going to ask a lot more from him. He's going to be hitting threes. But they're going to they're gonna ask a lot more from him than what they ask from him in Portland. In Portland, they ain't have to ask a lot because they had a young C.J. McCollum. Okay. They had a young Damian Lillard because they had a young Trent Jr. Because they had a white boy who was foreign who looked like fucking... The Russian in Creed 2. <laughs> What's his name? Yurkic? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that motherfucker looked like the Creed 2 Russian. So they didn't have to ask a lot for Melo. In LA, <laughs> they finessed that nigga Melo for a lot. Hey, I had to play some defense. You I ever had some company at your house and you start <laughs> looking at your clock at like 11.30 like, yo nigga, y'all ain't leaving yet? That's that's <laughs> It's different with LeBron. Hey, my nigga, it's Wednesday. I got to go to work tomorrow at 8. Y'all here talking about ordering DoorDash? You know it ain't going to be here for like an hour and a half, right? Hey, did you order it to your house? <laughs> <laughs> like, they about to overstay their welcome with Melo and all their demands because, hey, Melo, we need you to play defense. Hey, Melo, <laughs> I need you to fucking post up Jokic. From Denver, the reigning MVP. Then you go post that big motherfucking white boy, that fucking Serbian. Go post him up. <laughs> y'all, need, y'all need to understand the maturation of Melo. He is matured now. He is a he is a grown man in the business. Dogging people, man. Melo is Melo is hungry for something bigger than maturation. <laughs> maturation never outmatches skill set. If I'm a what? If I'm a six seven small forward that weighs 240 pounds, I cannot defend a 280-pound 7-1 foreign Serbian who had to fucking run in the cold in the snow. I can't fucking outwork that nigga. Look, when you it's not in me. I went to Oak Hill High School. <laughs> When you play with LeBron, LeBron what takes you with him. Who's in one chip in my first game. year? And they came to the NBA. It ain't in me. A certain level of work ain't in me. Melo, hey. He out there now. There. Look, man, you're, not, you're missing it. You're missing this dog in this fight. I'm about, I'm about to turn the game on now. His wife left him, so maybe we see something better from Melo. <laughs> 
You see Melo always out for the bigger, the better the deal. Nothing more than marriage struggles will bring the best out in you. <laughs> Shout out to Melo. Shout out to Lala. You look excellent <laughs> on BMF. Oh, no, excuse me. You look excellent on Wu-Tang. Oh, Wu-Tang, yeah. You look excellent on Wu-Tang, and you talk dirty. Ooh, I love you, oh, Lala. yeah, she get wet. She I said ain't... that. She said that. Oh, I remember when her unshapely ass was on King Magazine, uh, and I was like, look at that unshapely ass woman in a two-piece. She make me want to la-la-la-la love her. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> we got two hours in. Mute your fucking mic. I want y'all to know. Call me. I call me. The world is yours. This is DJ World Premiere. Joseph McFly. I'll let you boys. We out here. Status with the shaded glasses to Detroit, yeah, the place that I rest where the ladies got asses and a lot sex. And how Atlanta, y'all, is one of the best where they speak southern slang and smoke lasses. And New York women are way too fresh, too much on your mind. Let me ease that stress. I wish you all were mine, it's so selfish. Maybe I'm feeling myself too much, I guess. Like, to my ladies all across the globe. In small towns that I don't even know no. To all local international codes Whether you see me in streets or catch me at shows I'm calling, yeah, maybe I'm selfish I want you to myself, I can't help it Oh my, yeah, maybe I'm selfish You're my ladies and I can Maybe I'm selfish Let you I want you to myself, I can't help it Yeah, no one yeah. but me, yeah, yeah baby and don't be trying to come around my girl acting like Mr. Friendly. And still the spotlight like Mr. Bentley. I spotted her like Spud McKenzie. And for them fake boobies, I paid them Benjis. Get your own. I got Paris, he got Nicky, he tried to get him a clone. He said, yeah, you know you got extra hoes. And everything you do is extra cold. From the polo fleece to the Jesus piece. I got family in high places like Jesus, niece. Can I please say my peace? If y'all fresh to death, then I'm deceased. And this one here is a heat rock. Spit like a beatbox. The way the beat rocks. New version of Pete Rock. But for that Benz, I get CL love. So I switch my girls around like 3L dub. I'm calling. Yeah, maybe I'm selfish. I want you to myself. I can't help it. Oh, my. Yeah, maybe I'm selfish. You're my ladies and I Selfish, I want you to myself, I can't help it. Yeah, no one, yeah, but me, yeah, baby. What up, Pam? How 
your little man doing in New Jersey? Last I heard, he caught the flu and you was worried. Hope he feels better. And thanks, Jonetta from Cleveland, for that good head and your Jetta. Better believe it, Shanice, you my piece from Compton. Before I'm off the plane, make sure you cop some trees to spark up. Danielle, ATL, got them pictures in the mail. You seal with a kiss and you send it with Chanel. You looking good in that one showing off your body. Had a Beverly Hills mommy that would buy me Cardi's. Take me to after parties. Her name was Kari. And it sucks that we didn't keep in touch. I'm sorry, but hey, Kim Haas, Minneapolis. You so pretty. Hate you show off your titties for silly classes. Cause I love you girls, though you ain't mine. I wish my arms was long enough to hug you all at the same time. I'm calling. Yeah, maybe I'm selfish. I want you to myself. I can't help it. All mine. Yeah, maybe I'm selfish. You're mine. 